Greetings, this is Dr. Sweet, and welcome back. Welcome back to Psychopharmacology here at Columbia University, where we unpack principles in psychopharm. So today I want to follow up on the lecture that you received on antidepressants. I thought it was an awesome lecture. I listened to it, and I really got so much out of it. And I wanted to just perhaps overlay some of the points that were mentioned in that lecture on antidepressants. And what I'd like to specifically cover today is are really some of the guidelines for the evidence-based care of depression. So as you heard in the lecture, the primary goal of treatment, really of acute treatment, is to achieve symptom remission. And I wanted to go a little further to talk about symptom remission. What does that look like? So for many of us who are practitioners in the field of psychiatry, psychology, uh, primary care as well, uh, neurology, we use scales, something like uh, the Hamilton Depression Rating Scale, the PHQ-9 scale or the Montgomery Asperg depression rating scales. These rating scales help practitioners determine whether or not a client or a patient has had symptom remission. So, for example, if the score on the Hamilton depression rating scale is less than seven, as you remember, the Hamilton depression rating scale has 17 items. You would want your patient to have a score of less than seven on that in order to determine that there is indeed symptom remission. Uh, similarly, on the Montgomery Asperg depression rating scale, a score of less than 10 on that would also indicate that somebody has improved and indeed may be in remission from the treatment of the depression. And that's specifically with either therapy or medication. The other point I'd like to make is that beyond remission, there is evidence, as you heard in the lecture, and I just wanted to underscore this point because it's really important, there's evidence, solid evidence, that antidepressants, despite some of the of the current uh, worry about them, there is evidence, enough research evidence that says that antidepressants can prevent relapse. And as a result, that's why you find that prescribers give medications for at least a year after a patient achieves remission. So beyond remission, there is uh, evidence that relapse can be prevented by the prescription of antidepressants, right? So that's important. And that ultimately, we want to prescribe these antidepressants for a year, uh, even after somebody achieves remission. That's one of the dangers of stopping the medication early. So just to underscore that point in terms of the management of patients with major depressive disorder, it's, um, as you remember, there are of phases of treatment. There is an acute phase of treatment, a continuation phase of treatment, and then a maintenance phase of treatment. So the acute, continuation, and maintenance phases of treatment are what your prescriber is going to be looking to do. And so ultimately you as clinicians or you as someone who wants to know more about this kind of approach with, with depression and the treatment of it, 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 it makes sense to understand the three phases of treatment, the treatment phases, acute, 
continuation and maintenance, right? Now, the acute and continuation phase takes roughly about six months. And uh, then the maintenance phase takes uh, from about six months to two years. So let's unpack that just a little bit, right? Um, So the acute and continuation phase, six months in duration, in that space, in that time period, what the prescriber or the clinician or the doctor or the nurse practitioner is trying to do here is achieve remission of symptoms for the client or the patient. So in the acute and both continuation phases, we're looking at remission of symptoms, we're looking at restoration of function. Those are the treatment goals. How do I get this symptom to go away and how do I restore function? And during that time, if you are a prescriber or you are someone who is working with someone, even with psychotherapy, you are in the process of establishing a therapeutic alliance and educating the patient uh, during the acute phase of the illness and the continuation phase of the illness. So the activities that you'll be taking on is establishing a therapeutic alliance, educating the patient. You'll also, if you're prescribing, be selecting and figuring out which treatment you're going to use in the acute phase and the continuation phase. And they're going to also monitor progress. So let me repeat, acute and continuation phase, about six months in duration. You're looking for remission of symptoms. You're looking for restoration of function. You're looking for, you want to establish your therapeutic alliance here. You want to educate your patient here. You want to select the absolutely best possible medication at the, or treatment at this point in the acute or continuation phase, and then you want to monitor progress. Now, past the acute and continuation phase is this maintenance phase that I talked about, and you've heard already in the lecture, the maintenance phase, the maintenance phase of treatment is, goes from about six months to about two years. And here, what the prescriber or doctor is trying to do is really prevent the recurrence of depression. As you remember from the lecture, depression is a, is a, can be a, a chronic disease that can have recurrences. So even after somebody's in remission, uh, they can have a recurrence, right? So that's why you have maintenance treatment, and that's why we're speaking about this third phase, this maintenance phase, maintenance phase of treatment, where your focus and your goal is prevention of recurrence. Remember, we said in the acute and continuation phase that the goal was remission of symptoms and restoration of function. Here, in the maintenance phase of treatment, six months to about two years, we're looking to prevent recurrence. The prevention of recurrence is key. You also, in this phase, would be looking to return for a return, really, of full function not just restoring functions as we did in the acute and continuation phase, but also restoring function here in the maintenance phase, restoring really full function, just to be clear. So what activities do you think the prescriber or provider would be engaged in during a maintenance phase? Well, the education never stops. The education that you began in the acute and continuation phase with the client is or patient is still a mandate, even during the maintenance phase. We always need to be educated. So in addition to 
educating the client during the maintenance phase, you would also want to make sure you're rehabilitating the client. Any rehabilitation that's necessary will happen here in the maintenance phase. You can focus on that. Uh, I think treatment of comorbidities is also an important aspect of treatment. As you know and you learn from the lecture, depression, major depression, runs comorbid with other illnesses, anxiety disorders, substance use disorders, uh, PTSD, OCD, other things, other conditions can occur or co-occur and be comorbid with depression. So in the maintenance phase, you also want to be treating any of the comorbidities. And of course, you know, the goal of the maintenance phase, maintenance phase is uh, prevention of recurrence. So guess what? You would be monitoring for recurrence symptoms uh, here in the maintenance phase. Remember, in the acute and continuation phase, you're, mo- you're monitoring more for progress of how are we progressing. Uh, once you've achieved the maintenance phase within this six-month to two-year period, you're kind of looking much more for recurrence and the evidence of recurrence. So I hope that that was pretty helpful there in terms of discussing the management of patients with major depressive disorder and looking for some of the guidelines for the treatment in terms of looking for um, symptom remission on a clinical scale like the Hamilton Depression Rating Scale that we talked about or the uh, Montgomery Asperger Depression Rating Scale. All right, I think that's plenty uh, one to just, uh, sometimes we get questions about, well, exactly what is the acute phase of treatment? How, uh, in, in, I said six, six months for the acute and continuation phase, and I realized that I may need to break that down just to re- re-emphasize what I believe everyone already knows here. The acute phase of treatment is really that six-week to 12-week window where we have acute symptoms, right? So you're going to, if, if an antidepressant is going to be prescribed, it will be prescribed to treat acute symptoms for the first six to 12 weeks where you're going to monitor progression. And the aim of this treatment is to get the person to get a response that puts them back into at least remission, right? So that they get a remission from their symptoms, and that's at the 12-week period. So the acute phase, roughly six weeks to the three-month point of acute treatment, and that's where you're really looking and really trying to make sure you can get this person to have a, 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 a remission point where they don't have those symptoms anymore. Once they've achieved this remission, we at the three to four month period, at about four months, we are now in the continuation phase of treatment. And that's gonna take us from about five months or so. So from four to nine months, consider that your continuation phase roughly. And the, in this particular phase, we are really pushing to make sure that we have a full recovery here. So at the nine-month period, the if everything is going well with what's been prescribed, then you have recovery and everybody's feeling great, but this is not the time to stop the medication. So hopefully you're grasping what I'm saying. What I'm saying right now is that you, you might treat somebody acutely with an antidepressant, at 12 weeks, they may have remission, feeling pretty good. 
if not, if, the, if that's going well, then you know you continue, you do continuation for until the nine month period. So from four months to nine months, you continue to treat them with that antidepressant or that psychotherapy or whatever intervention you're using to give them a, con, uh, a chance to, to prevent relapse. So they've had, if they've had a positive response in the first six in the first 12 weeks the first three months that's great they've responded to the antidepressant in the acute phase wonderful at that point what i'm saying at the four month point four month point between three and four months you actually go into continuation treatment keep them on the antidepressant to prevent relapse at nine months you've completed the continuation phase they're doing great. We put them on the maintenance phase, and that goes for about a year. Acute, six to 12 weeks. Continuation, four to nine months. Maintenance, a year to two to prevent recurrence. And that's how major depression is treated because of the relapse risk. You have to treat them out into a maintenance phase. Just a point that I know you already know, but lots of times clients don't understand. They feel better. They've gotten past. Sometimes people feel better in the acute phase, right? They've had a response at about 10, 12 weeks. And then they stop the medication. And then guess what? We have a relapse. Or they get to the three-month or the four-month point and they didn't get continuation treatment. And guess what? Somewhere in the six-month or eight-month when they've off the medicines, they actually get a relapse. And then in the maintenance phase, um, hey, they can have a recurrence. So that's why we treat them out towards a year to two. And I think you grasp that point really, really clearly. So I guess that's plenty and I don't want to do too much more. I think that's a lot to think through um, in terms of acute and continuation and uh, and maintenance phase treatment. Uh, The only other thing I would say is that it's probably important just to underscore that uh, we never push medication first here. Uh, in many cases, uh, what we like to do is uh, recommend psychotherapy, specifically CBT and uh, CBT and interpersonal therapy, as I believe you heard in the lecture, right? CBT and interpersonal therapies are very, very valid and evidence-based therapies that we use to treat mild to moderate depression and they're just wonderful interventions if and it's a big if we can get uh access to this kind of therapy or if clinicians are actually trained so if you're a clinician out there maybe you're not prescribing consider getting uh, certified in cbt or ipt these are great potential interventions that are like non-pharmacologic for the treatment of depression Now, lots of times in the real world, even though the psychotherapies are a first choice, as you heard in the lecture, they may be a first choice for the treatment of a major depressive episode, the SSRIs, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or the SNRIs, the serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, reterpazine or bupropion, these are all first-line agents that can be used to treat patients with an acute major depressive episode. In fact, the APA's guidelines 
are a little bit different than other guidelines. They, well, not that much different. They recommend psychotherapy and antidepressants and or antidepressants as a first line, even for mild um, uh, cases of, of major depressive episode disorders. So remember, your major depressive episode disorder can have a mild, moderate, or severe qualifier as part of a variable. And in treating, if you want to figure out how to treat it, like you can use psychotherapy and or antidepressants according to the EPA guidelines to handle mild, uh, or if it's moderate with the EPA guidelines, don't really say you can use CBT, CPT or IPT. They prefer that you go ahead and use the antidepressant once it becomes moderate. Now in other systems such as, um, uh, like maybe Canadian systems, uh, they may offer a CBT and IPT for even for moderate. Um, but in the APA, they go to for moderate. You have to use an antidepressant is what they prefer. Now severe, clearly, uh, antidepressants make sense in the APA guidelines, and they usually also offer ECT uh, as an option. Uh, especially if you have severe major depression with psychotic features, well then ECT and antidepressants as well as an antipsychotic may be used. Uh, in terms of relapse prevention, uh, the APA guidelines really point to antidepressants continued at the acute phase uh, after remission up to the lifetime for some patients. So again, major depression is a very complicated, a chronic illness. It's a medical illness as well as something that crosses the boundaries of psychiatry. There are many other correlates that we don't have the time to go into here. But safe to say that if you understand the various phases of treatment and what's necessary to the various phases of treatment, you will be a step ahead in how you conceptualize this condition and how you approach it. The last thing I'd like to say is that if there's no response, like let's say there's uh, a modest improvement or in symptom severity or little improvement in symptom severity, um, and that's again defined as a reduction of 20% in the Hamilton Depression Rating Scale or something along those lines, you can always optimize the treatment, the acute treatment by as you heard in the lecture, increasing the dose of the first-line medication that you're using. And that's your first strategy. Or you can switch to, once you've given it enough time uh, through the acute phase, you can think about switching to another drug within the same class of antidepressants, which you, I think you already know. Um, or maybe you go to a different class. Or maybe you can use an add-on strategy, uh, augmenting the, the antidepressant as you saw with lithium or an atypical antipsychotic or, uh, or even with a second antidepressant. There's so many options. Uh, so again, uh, we can have a lot of fun with this. I think it's important to just take a step back, understand the course of treatment, the, the risk of recurrence and relapse and just be mindful of that when you're working with patients or clients and they stop their medications because they're feeling great. You as a clinician or you as an informed individual would want to know where are they in their treatment? Are they in maintenance? Are they in acute? Are they in continuation phase? 
And really, I think before I end, think about risk factors. Because lots of times, uh, even if somebody has achieved remission, treatment, the reason we keep treatment going for sometimes two years is that individuals may have risk factors that support uh, having long-term, which is two years to maybe even a lifetime of therapy, if they have enough risk factors. So if you have three or more risk factors, right, you can be on antidepressants and should be on antidepressants for a long time to prevent the recurrence. And what are some of these risk factors? Just very, very briefly as we end here, it could be older age is a risk factor. Having three or more depressive episodes is a risk factor. Having chronic a, a chronic timetable with your episodes might be a, a risk factor. The severity of the of the episodes can determine whether or not that's a risk factor. Now, uh, psychosis or, or psychotic episodes definitely puts one into the risk category. Um, if there's difficulty with treating the episode, clinicians will consider that a particular risk factor if, if, if a, a, a client has a difficult to treat episode. Now, I mentioned com- comorbidities before. It could be either medical or psychiatric. As If there are comorbidities, that's considered a risk factor. Uh, let's see. The last thing I'd like to think about is residual symptoms or lack of remission during the current episode. So if there are residual symptoms or you're not getting remission, that could also be a risk factor. And then the last thing I'll say is that if there's a history of recurrence during the discontinuation of of an antidepressant, right? So if you keep getting recurrences after they've been discontinued, those are risk factors. My point being, any of the things that I've mentioned, old age, psychosis, chronicity, severity of episodes, difficult to treat episodes, medical comorbidities, psychiatric comorbidities, any of these things, if you get three of them together, you have bought yourself a true look at being on long-term, meaning two years to a lifetime of maintenance therapy to to prevent recurrence. And that's super important because depression is so debilitating. All right, so I went a little further than I thought I would, but I, I am excited about coming back to you and discussing some more about antidepressants and other uh, medications as we move forward. Thank you for joining us here in the Psychopharm Experience. Dr. Sweet. Bye-bye.